You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, who are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of a compilation of lectures by Rudolf Steiner entitled The Festivals and Their Meaning. This is Lecture 6, which is an extract from a lecture. It's uh, entitled On the Three Magi, given in Berlin on the 30th of December, 1904. You will remember that I have spoken of the meaning of the Christmas festival in its connection with the evolution of races, that is, the epochs of civilization and of how its significance lies in this very connection, both with respect to the past and the future. I want to speak today about a festival which in modern times is considered less important than the Christmas festival itself, the festival of the three kings, of the magi who came from the east to greet the newly born Jesus. This festival of the Epiphany, celebrated on the 6th of January, will assume greater and greater significance as its true symbolism comes to be understood. It will be obvious to you that very profound symbolism is contained in the festival of the three magi from the East. Until the 15th century, this symbolism was kept very secret and no clear indications about it were given. But since that century, some light has been thrown on the festival of the Magi by exoteric descriptions. One of the three kings, Caspar, is portrayed as a Moor, an inhabitant of Africa. One is a white man, a European, Melchior, and one, Balthazar, as an Asiatic. For the color of his skin is that of an inhabitant of India. They bring myrrh, gold, and frankincense as offerings to the child Jesus in Bethlehem. These three offerings are full of meaning and in keeping with the whole symbolism of the festival celebrated on the 6th of January. The date itself throws some light on a festival which is very important esoterically. The 6th of January is the same date as that on which in ancient Egypt the festival of Osiris was celebrated the festival of the refinding of Osiris. As you know, Osiris was overcome by his enemy Typhon. Isis seeks and eventually finds him. This refinding of Osiris, the son of God, is represented in the festival of the 6th of January. The festival of the three kings is the same festival, but in its Christian form. It was also celebrated among the Assyrians, the Armenians, and the Phoenicians. Everywhere it was connected with a kind of universal baptism, with a rebirth out of water. This in itself points to the connection with the refinding of Osiris. What does the disappearance of Osiris signify? It signifies the transition from the times before the middle of the Lemurian epoch to the times after the middle of that epoch. Before the middle of the Lemurian epoch, no human being was endowed with manas, 
spirit self. It was not until the middle of the epoch that Manas came down into human beings as a fertile seed. Manas was given to humanity. And in each single individual a grave was created for it, for the dismembered Osiris. The divine Manas was disseminated and thereafter dwelt in human beings. In the Egyptian mystery language, human bodies were called the, quote, graves of Osiris, close quote. Manas was fettered until it was freed by the new revelation of love. What is the new revelation, the new manifestation of love? The descent of Manas, somewhere around the middle of the Lemurian epoch, was accompanied by the penetration into mankind of the element of desire or passion. Before that time, there had been no desire as such. The animals of the preceding epochs were cold-blooded. Even man himself at that time had no warm blood. The human beings of the old moon period and correspondingly of the third earth round may be likened to fishes in the sense that they possess the same degree of warmth as their environment. Of this epoch, the Bible says, quote, the Spirit of God brooded over the waters, close quote. The principle of love was then not within human beings, but outside, manifesting as earthly kama. Readers aside spelled K-A-M-A, end of readers aside, that is to say earthly passion or desire. Kama is egoistic love. The first bringer of love free of all egoism is Christ, who appeared in the body of Jesus of Nazareth. Who are the Magi? They represent the initiates of the three preceding races or epochs of culture, the initiates of mankind up to the time of the coming of Christ, who is the bringer of love free of egoism the resurrected Osiris. The initiates and the three magi also were endowed with manas. They bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh as their offerings. And why are their skins of three colors, white, yellow, and black? One is European, his skin is white. One is Indian, his skin is yellow. One is African, his skin is black. This shows their connection with the so-called root races, the remaining survivors of the Lemurian race are black. Those of the Atlantean race are yellow. And the representatives of the fifth root race, the post-Atlantean or Aryan race, are white. Thus, the three kings or magi are representatives of the Lemurians, the Atlanteans, and the Aryans. They bring three offerings. The European, Melchior, brings gold, the symbol of wisdom, of intelligence which comes to expression above all in the fifth root race. The offering of the initiate representing the fourth root race, Balthazar, is frankincense, connected with what was intrinsically characteristic of the Atlanteans. They were united more directly with the Godhead, a union which took effect as a suggestive influence, a kind of universal hypnosis. This union with the Godhead is symbolized by the offering. Feeling must be sublimated in order that God may make it fruitful. Frankincense is the universal symbol for what has to do with intuition, 
In the language of esotericism, myrrh is the symbol of dying, of death. What is the meaning of dying and of resurrection, as exemplified in the resurrected Osiris? I refer you here to words of Goethe, quote, As long as you have not grasped life issuing forth from death, you are but a troubled guest upon the shrouded earth. Close quote. Jakob Burma expresses the same thought in the words, quote, He who dies not before he dies, perishes when he dies. Close quote. Myrrh is the symbol of the dying of the lower life and the resurrection of the higher life. It is offered by the initiate representing the third root race, Lemurian. A deep meaning lies in this. Jesus of Nazareth is a very highly developed individuality. In the thirtieth year of his life, he gives up his own life to the descending Christ, the descending Logos. All this the Magi foresaw. The great sacrifice made by Jesus of Nazareth is that he gave up his capital I to make way for the second Logos. There is a definite reason for this sacrifice. Not until the sixth root race will it become possible, and then only gradually, for the human body to receive into itself the Christ principle from childhood onward. Only then, in the sixth root race, will mankind have reached such maturity that the body will not need years of preparation, but will be able, from the beginning, to receive the Christ principle. In the fourth sub-race of the fifth root race, it was necessary for a body to be prepared for thirty years. Parenthesis, in the northern regions, we find something similar in the personality of Sig, who was prepared in such a way that he could place his body at the disposal of a higher being, and did so. Close parenthesis. Readers aside, Sig is spelled S-I-G, end of readers aside. In the sixth root race, it will be possible for a human being to place his body at the disposal of a sublime being, as did Jesus of Nazareth when Christianity was founded. At the time of the founding of Christianity, it was still necessary for an advanced individuality to sacrifice his own eye and send it into the astral realm in order that the Logos might dwell in the body. This is an act upon which light is shed by the last words on the cross. What other meaning could these words contain? Quote, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Close quote. These words give expression to the mystical fact then consummated. At the moment of Christ's death, the divine being had departed from the body, and it is the body of Jesus of Nazareth that utters these words, a body so highly developed that it could voice this reality. And so these words give expression to an event of untold significance. All this is represented by the myrrh. Myrrh is the symbol of sacrifice, of death, the sacrifice of the earthly in order that a higher principle may come to life. In the middle of the Lemurian epoch, Osiris came to his grave. Manas entered human beings, who were then educated under the guidance of the initiates until the principle of love, Budi, could shine forth in Christ Jesus. Budi is the heavenly love. The lower sexual principle is ennobled through the love brought by Christ. 
Kama is purified in the fire of divine love. Melchior is the representative of the principle of wisdom, of intelligence, the task of the fifth root race. This is symbolized by his offering, gold. Frankincense symbolizes the principle of sacramental offering, dominant in the fourth root race, the Atlantean. The task of Christianity will find fulfillment in the sixth root race, when material existence will once more be permeated with ritual and sacrament. Sacraments have very largely lost their meaning today. The feeling for their significance has disappeared. But this feeling will be rekindled when the higher being of man is born. It is this that is symbolized by the frankincense. In the Lemurian race, Osiris meets his death. In the sixth root race, Osiris is resurrected. Thus the offerings made by the three kings indicate the connection of the festival with the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth root races. By what are the three holy kings guided, and whither are they led? They are guided by a star to a grotto, a cave in Bethlehem. This is something that can be understood only by one who has knowledge of the so-called lower or astral mysteries. To be led by a star means nothing else than to see the soul itself as a star. But when is the soul seen as a star? When one can behold the soul as a radiant aura. But what kind of aura is so radiant that it can be a guide? There is the aura that glimmers with only a feeble light. Such an aura cannot guide. There is a higher aura, that of the intelligence, which has, it is true, a flowing, up-surging light, but is not yet able to guide. The bright aura, a glow with booty, is in very truth a star, is a radiant guide. In Christ the star of booty lights up the star which accompanies the evolution of mankind. The light that shines before the Magi is the soul of Christ himself. The second logo himself shines before the Magi and over the cave in Bethlehem. The grotto or cave is the body in which the soul dwells. The seer beholds the body from within. In astral vision everything is reversed. For example, 3, 6, 5 instead of 563. The human body is seen as a cave. In the body of Jesus shines the Christ star, the soul of Christ. This must be conceived as a reality taking place in the astral world. It is an enactment of the lesser mysteries. There, in very truth, the Christ soul shines as an auric star, and it is by this star that the initiates of the three root races are led to Jesus in Bethlehem. The festival of the three kings is celebrated every year on the 6th of January, and its significance will steadily increase. People will come to understand more and more what a Magi is, and what the great Magi, the Masters, are. And then understanding of Christianity will lead to understanding of spiritual science. The end of Lecture 6